That was Song of the Whale Shark by Jake Barnes. I thought it might have been the whale shark singing, but it's actually Jake singing. And it just serves to introduce Carolyn Jasinski's story. Now, Carolyn's a foundation member of our team. She loves to get away, visit fabulous destinations, and she's especially interested in glamping sites. And this week, in our long-form interview, she takes us along to a Sal Salas, a luxury resort right on the beach next to Ningaloo Reef. Swimming with whale sharks is its biggest straw card. As usual, Carolyn leads a busy life at this resort, speaking to the manager, Leith Graham, to a number of guests asking why they visited. It's a great insight into the appeal of a non-air-conditioned room under canvas in the sand dunes. Leith, you're the new camp manager, aren't you? Yes, I am. I am. I started here, well, we drove into uh, Exmouth, my wife, my dog and I, on 13th of February, drove all the way across from Magnetic Island, just off Townsville. So, so I know you've got a property on Magnetic Island, mm-hmm. but your last job was another magnificent lodge, wasn't it? At it Seven Spirit Bay? Yeah, correct. So, yeah, I've been working for JB or Jenny Beyond for about five years now, running a couple of, diff- of their different lodges in, in the NT and decided to, to head west to be potentially become a, a sand groper. <laughs> Well, we're definitely sand groping here. Is this the only beachfront lodge around? I, I haven't seen anything anywhere that's actually right on the beach. Are you, are you, do you mean just in Exmouth? No, in the country. I've, I've, well, I haven't seen that many lodges, but this is, and I've been talking to a lot of the um, guests here as well, and then no one's experienced this before, being able so close to the beach. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's other lodges that are this close to the beach, but the fact, what makes this place so special is that you've got the beach and then Ningaloo Reef right the reef, there as well. Yeah. So, you know, I, there's nowhere else in, the, in Australia that I know of where you can have a lodge on the beach and then the reef's only 10 metres offshore. That's so. right. So it's called a fringe reef, isn't it? Yeah. So Ningaloo is the, the world's longest fringing reef, Yeah, which fringing just means that it's close to the coast. So right. a fringing reef can be around an island as well. Okay. Um, but this one's obviously the mainland and runs the length of uh, the X-Mouth. How, how long is it? 250 kilometres. Yeah, I've, I thought it was around that. Um that's incredible. I mean, I know it's not as long as Great Barrier Reef, but to get to the Great Barrier Reef, you've got to go for an hour and a half out in a Yeah, in and the, the Great Barrier Reef is a series of reefs as yeah. well. So and it is spectacular. I'm not... I'm not no, it is. They, the reef, they both have their beauty. So because we're a little bit further south here, um, the, the coral that we have here is called cold water coral. Okay. So we don't get the same brilliant colours here. Yes, we do get some coral that, that will display, you know, like your staghorn, which has the blues and that has that musty yellowy green yeah, colour. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but the the coral that's in on the east coast or the Pacific Ocean, the Great Barrier, um, definitely the coral there is is more vibrant. Right. So that's a tropical water coral, okay. and this is a cold water coral. That's that's unusual. I completely understand. But for me, I'm a real wuss when it comes to cold water, and I've had no thoughts that it's cold. No, it's... I mean, yeah, the water the last couple of days has actually been quite pleasant, but. Um, Probably last week it was a bit cold. I was shattering on one of my tours. <laughs> it's funny because the guides that have been out snorkeling with us have come out and they said, oh, gosh, it's cold. And I'm in just bathers and they're in wetsuits and things. Yeah. So I guess you acclimatise to it. Well, yeah, it all depends where you come from. I know that you're from Adelaide and the water down there is extra cold. Yeah, very cold. 
So it's all relative to where you are and what you used to, I suppose. Yeah. So part of staying here, there's, there's 16 glamping tents, aren't they? Yes. So there's six, well, 15 standard tents and then we have the honeymoon suite, Ooh. which makes the 16th. Okay. There are a lot of wedding anniversaries here. A lot. That, and it's incredible. Some are 30 years, some are 24, 27. Mm-hmm. There was a big one yesterday. They've gone. There's a lot of big birthdays. Yep. People. There's one family here that had eight people. There were two 40th birthdays, one 50th wedding anniversary, I believe, um, a couple of job celebrations, promotions, and two people from two couples from London. So they've all come together. Yep. And I did say to them, why, why here? Why pick here? And they. The, the initial attraction was whale sharks, mm-hmm. but when they've got here, they've said that it just exceeds all their expectations, that it's, it is a stunning place, but it's really not your typical luxury hotel or lodge to stay in. No. In a good way. No. I mean that in the, in the best way, because you're out in the remote area, you really don't want a big building, you know, that, that looks... Well, Not part of the environment. No, like, well, so luxury lodges that you would find maybe in the city or closer to metropolitan areas, they provide, I guess, a different kind of service than we provide. So my... I've been doing this for quite a while, yep. uh, about 14 years across the top end, running various different lodges, and I've found over the years that these remote environments... A silver service doesn't tend to lend to this environment. We are remote, everything's rugged. I like my guests to feel like they're spoiled friends rather than we're serving them. That's that's really good because it's exactly how it feels. Nothing's too much trouble. The staff are impeccable but not pretentious. So they're not falling over you. I I like to say they're very Aussie. Yeah. They're, They're very relaxed but... Every need is taken care of, and, and a lot of the times before you even think of it, you know, suddenly they'll they'll appear with cold drinks, and and it's it's just remarkable. It's it's a beautiful feeling. And again, talking to the guests, because I'm always asking, <laughs> always sussing out how they feel about it. And uh, one guest in in particular said. He came for the whale sharks, but he wanted to stay somewhere that wasn't going to be in complete contrast to the surroundings. I'm with Kate and James Sharp from Gerringong, New South Wales. Why have you come to South Salis? Tell me, tell me that one element that made you pick this place over any others. Uh, well, we were coming to um, Exmouth to swim with the whale sharks, so we were looking for accommodation and I was doing a bit of research and I came across the South Salas and once I saw the pictures of it, I was sold open. You are blown away. Western Australia for me is rugged, outdoor and that whole experience. And I wanted, I didn't want to be in a, a building or a motel or hotel. And when I saw the outdoor glamping, I thought, that's, that's, that's for me. It. So I look unique. outside and see stars. And... and so when you got here and saw it, and you've you spent a couple of nights now, what's your impression? Oh, it's just so relaxing and it's exactly what I wanted. So we're sitting here very relaxed because we've just done a hike. Uh, what was the cliff called? Munda Munda? Yeah. Mandu Mandu. Mandu Mandu is the name. Rock. Yeah. And and I can see why they meant they said this morning if you have any injuries don't go. Um I probably should have not gone, but it was I 
came out of it fine. It was really interesting, wasn't it? I really loved that. Yeah. I was kind of reluctant at the 5.45 departure, (laughs) but I got halfway through and I had that realisation of I'm so glad that I did this. Yeah. it was just breathtaking. Yeah, I had that realisation when we got back in the van at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the glamping tents are lovely. Well, you don't really feel like you're in a tent, really. So it's got no. a four, four poster bed yeah. and you've got your own ensuite toilet and shower out the back. So it's, it's not exactly glamping or tent camping. Um, it's definitely glamping. Yeah. It's that mix of glamour and camping. Yeah, yeah. You don't the, have to do any of the hard work. The tent is probably the only camping part of it. it yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's very comfortable. The lack of air conditioning, I did did think, oh, is that going to be a problem? But it's not, especially this time of year. We're, we're here in May and it's winter all over the rest of the country or the southern part of the country and up here it's glorious yeah it's not too bad we, we have been getting quite some cooler nights which makes sleeping in the tents more sort of tolerable i suppose you'd say it's been perfect i've had every window every door open mm-hmm. um and just the fly screens shut and even the bathroom the ensuite out the back is open it's covered by the the top roof the, the layer of canvas that covers the whole lot so no one can see in no but it's the best feeling it is it's almost like showering under the stars with but with complete privacy yeah yeah it's very well done and the tents are all in a row when you look at the picture from above you might look and say oh they're a bit close to each other but when you get here they're ingeniously placed so that no one looks into the next one no so yeah when you when you're setting up the platforms or the tents if you slightly offset the way that they face you'll never really intrude on the privacy of your next door neighbor yeah and you're right they do seem like they're a little bit close together only in the pictures yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. but yeah when you get here and there's ramps that lead up to them they're they're raised off the ground so it's the air flows magic yeah so as you were saying the, the canvas cover on top so there's two canvas covers over each of the tents, one shade cloth and then one solid canvas cover, which creates an airflow pocket between the tent and, oh, so and the cover. Flow through. So that's how your all your hot air leaves the tent. So you inside the tents, there's two vents which allow that hot air out, and yep. then that airflow through that pocket of air. That's is a great how design. It keeps cool. Yeah. So they're based on an African design. Is that right? Mm. Ah, yeah. very clever. And there's a hammock at the front strategically placed so that you catch the afternoon sun mm-hmm. sometimes when the afternoon sun's too great you just hop inside <laughs> and it's there's so many options and of course then there's the lodge part up here what's the proper name for the central meeting place we call it the lodge yeah, yeah. 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 The main lodge. it's a great area it's all open but except for this cover but it's open air so beautiful throw, flow through of air again big dining area so mm-hmm. everybody meets to dine together yeah we do a communal dining here because uh, as we don't have any wi-fi or cell phone coverage here at the lodge uh, which is unusual this day and age it's uh, fabulous but i love it yeah um people talk about disconnecting when they come to a place like this but i like to think of it as connecting not disconnecting because we're never really connected to the internet and when you come here and you can't use your mobile phone for mr google or mm-hmm. any questions you can't answer you're forced to connect with your fellow travelers people. or the people that are here with you or even yourself just you know reconnecting with yourself and grounding 
Uh, so I like to coin it that way more than disconnecting because I, I think disconnecting is sort of suggesting that they're taking you out of the real a- and world. And you're isolated and, mm. yeah, no, Whereas, it's very much a feeling. It's it's. I've only been here two nights and I feel like I've made, you know, probably 30 friends. It's really interesting and it's a great mix of people. There are some really, really well-travelled people, a um, couple from New York. Brian... This is a luxury eco-lodge, and how long have you been here? Three nights. Three nights. So you're from New York? Yes. And you and the lovely Ariel are two of the most well-travelled people I've ever met. You've been to lots and lots of places. How does Sal Salas rate? It's unexpected. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, as much as when we talked about it, described it, I thought it was very unexpected that it was so on the beach. Yeah. Which um, I think is really unique most places that you know you you can be over the water or you could be up up and you know like you have a walk to the beach but you really are on the beach and i think that's the biggest selling point it's incredible isn't yeah. it like yeah you open your glamping tent flap and 50 meter walk and you're in the, in the ocean you're in the ocean and swimming on a on a coral reef yeah a fringe reef they call it so we were talking before about what makes a holiday special and you had a really good point you said that Holidays are very personal. Yes. I mean, people design vacations based on what they, they personally want to enjoy. Yep. Some people will go listen to music. Some people want to eat. We like going to the beach. She likes going to go in the mountains. So it is really, I think that's the hardest part of it. You know, exploring a city or not exploring a city. Right. Exploring an area. It's, you really want to do it. Yeah. To do it. Otherwise, it becomes a chore. So what drew you out here? Why did you come to Sal Salas? Um, it was the whale sharks. <laughs> Total the whale sharks. <laughs> the whale sharks are the big attraction, aren't they? Yes, yes. But so you know, you come for the whale sharks, and then there's lots of accommodation to choose. But this is pretty spectacular, isn't it? I think coming this distance, you're going to want to stay at the better place. Yeah, yeah. Because if we stay in the town and you know we had a miserable experience, you know, staying in a place, right? As compared to you know this place, it it was additive, not subtractive. Yeah. Yes. I think somebody commented about this being. Yeah, close to the water as well but it just feels like you're in such a remote location and to be in a big building or a big hotel would feel out of place is that be horrible yeah there's bankers there's property valuers there's anaesthetist doctors and there's people like me who just write about lovely stuff <laughs> do podcasts all sorts of people. There's fitness gurus. There's, I'm sure there's a rugby player here. Yeah. Yeah. But they're all really lovely, all ages. It's not restricted to old or young. No, no, we do children as well. And, um, yeah, the demographic that we receive at this lodge uh, is a lot more varied than other lodges that I've ever worked at before. It seems as though it attracts your retired clientele with the disposable income who want to see the country and then also the really adventurous young yeah. uh, sort of demographic as well. So um, There's even a couple on a road trip who are in a four-wheel drive with a rooftop tent mm-hmm. and they've come halfway through their road trip and gone, this is the highlight. <laughs> they've left the four-wheel drive alone for a while mm-hmm. and they've glamped it up. This is the break. Out here, yeah. From the rooftop yeah. tent. And it is such a break. The food has been magnificent. You spoil, there's breakfast, lunch and dinner put on so much food you couldn't want for any and but it's all really great it's the first place i've ever been to and had smashed avo on toast and the toast hasn't gone soggy so there's a big tick (laughs) 
And the chef is new, isn't it? Yeah. Paul, so Paul Seymour. Paul Seymour, yep. Um, Paul and I have been working together for quite a few years now. I think we first started working together in 2012. And obviously our chemistry matches, so we've um, yeah, been jumping from lodge to lodge together since then, with a few breaks in between, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Paul's food is is amazing. He has really simple, simple flavour. His inspiration comes from what's around him, partly. The seafood is incredible. And yeah. you source that locally when you can, don't you? We do, we do. We source uh, as much local seafood as we possibly can. We're actually in the process of trying to source directly from the boats yep. out of Exmouth so we can get it as fresh as possible. Yep. Generally, when we go to a resort, we try to use local ingredients as much as we can because mm-hmm. we're trying to obviously uh, reduce our carbon footprint yep. on, on our food yep. as well as what we're doing here at the Eco Lodge. But it's more, for me, it's more about the way... Paul's presentation is stunning, which I'm sure you saw. Very nice. He has a really, really fine attention to detail when it comes to plating his meals. And he doesn't try to overcomplicate anything with flavours. So I've found over the years that chefs try and jam too many flavours into their dish and, and it gets lost, whereas Paul knows the flavours that work Focus. together and, yeah, and, and just keeps it nice and simple. So. Yeah. I asked him if he had a winning formula up at Seven Spirit Bay and he said, oh, I think so. And I said, have you brought that here? And he said, yeah, I have. Mm. And I said, well, there you go, it's working. It's it's really beautiful food. Like you said, it's simple, but it's really tasty and good quality. And Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, my mouth's starting to water. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned the eco side of things. Now, I've noticed that there's a lot of touches here that are very eco-friendly. So even in the bathroom, for example, we're asked not to bring our own shampoo and conditioner and yeah. body wash because you use very friendly all, yeah, all reef-friendly um, amenities in the bathrooms, reef-friendly sunscreen. majority of our chemicals in the kitchen are all reef-friendly as well. Being so close to a World Heritage listed reef, and like, as, you, as you mentioned before, we are right on the beach. Absolutely, yeah. um, So we need to, I mean, the reef is, is our biggest asset yeah. when it comes to tours, and, and that is a major draw card for all of our clientele. So we'd like to protect it as best we can and yeah. have longevity with the reef and, and for the lodge. Yeah. And part of the package when people book here, they get all their tours included. And mm-hmm. since I've been here, we've had two snorkelling tours. There's another one today and a hike at two, um, up into the Cape Range National Park. Mm-hmm. So we saw on the cliff tops, we saw fossilised reef particles that yes. were unbelievable. I mean, and, you know, I know the history that this was all under sea at one stage, but it's still amazing to see that. It evidence. is a bit of a surreal experience climbing on top of a range and then seeing, you know, fossilised coral and shells yeah. right on top. It's incredible. And to have somebody there to explain it to you is really important I think yeah you know, definitely to point it out for a start but then to say you know like this the riverbed that we were walking up um, hasn't seen water for 35,000 years yeah that's incredible mm. yeah it's hard for us to fathom that time period yeah. as well you know? yeah well thankfully I will never get to that age <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for your time that's okay reporter Carolyn Jasinski there speaking to Leith Graham resort manager to Kate and James, guests from New South Wales, and to Brian, a banker from New York.